0: You know We've hit the sports theme a little hard the last few episodes, but hey, our analytics tell us that we're catering to our key demographics of middle-aged men in doing so. One of the unique things about the hosts of our podcast is the fact that we've had a glimpse into the highest levels of the sports industry. In this episode, we focus on Gene's experience in particular. Now, he gets a little vulnerable in telling his story, as Gene does, but how could he not when detailing the highest high and the lowest low of his career working on the staff of one of the most renowned and winningest football programs in the country. Without further ado, here's his story. I want to start with when you really kind of took that leap into uh, the upper echelon where where all of us would have wanted to be, right? You You got there. When you got that call that Lloyd Carr, Coach Lloyd Carr, wanted to interview you to join his staff, do you remember that day? Do you remember how, what transpired and how you felt?
1: I was nervous, uh, very much so. I mean, it's you know an opportunity to work at, in my opinion, the greatest the greatest program in uh, in college football, especially at the time. In my mind, I was giddy. I was nervous. And I was proud that I had an opportunity to do so. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I never—I can't say I never dreamt because I always dreamt, right? That I wanted to be a part of the game, much like you, much like you know every football-loving kid in high school wanted an opportunity to either play or be a part of a program. Uh, I knew I wasn't big enough. I knew that wasn't going to be my aspirations. But when we worked together in media relations, I always thought maybe there's a chance. You know, we're we're adjacent to there's a chance to be involved in. So when the opportunity arose and I got that call, I was, I was really excited. I called my dad immediately and, and
0: was anticipating the opportunity to, uh, to speak to coach. And you touch on something important, I think, which is you don't just get into the, the ultimate position you want from the jump. Uh, you, you, right. Obviously this is a situation where you pay your dues. And I like to say you start on the fringes, you start mm-hmm. where you can. And that's what building a network is all about. And, and if you can prove yourself on the fringes, sometimes that door opens up like it did for you. So uh, take me inside what it was like to work on that staff. What were you privy to? Obviously, you don't have to do any, uh, uh, share any uh, secrets or anything like that. Right. But just just give us a sense, give us some color of what goes on behind the scenes in a program like that day in and day out. I was, I had the opportunity to sit
1: in All the coaching meetings, as well as every team meeting. Uh, I did not go into position meetings, but I had the opportunity to see really behind the curtain. Like film study or what? I I sat in on film study and special teams. I sat in on the Thursday breakdowns, whatever team meeting we had, and we were breaking down stuff before we separated. Into individual positions so you know this as you've been a part of teams right you're going through and breaking down to practice film a couple plays from the game or from the day before game film you're looking at a couple highlights, uh, maybe a couple lowlights. So I was involved with every one of those team meetings sat in the back of the room took my notes diligently wanting to absorb as much of the information as I possibly could. Cause I didn't know where this was going to go, where, where this might lead me, but I wanted to really get as much involvement into those as possible. Same thing with the coaches meetings uh, every morning, uh, every afternoon before practice, we had a coaches meeting. Uh, and I had the opportunity to sit in there and listen to the recruiting. That was my aspect. That was my, that was my role. So kind of gave a report on where we were. We went around the table, listen to the practice plan, listen to the injury report. I wasn't a vital part naturally, but I was the fly in the wall that had the opportunity to sit at the table with the coaching staff. And that was, I, I told you earlier as we were prepping for this, uh, I never had a sense of arrival. I was always present to know how blessed I was to be a part of this.
0: Yeah. And this is not to be, uh, to make light. This is meant with respect, but the, the reality is part of your job too was, Hey, you had to go get, Lloyd, some coffee once in a while, you had to bring in donuts, right? I mean, you, you had to help the staff yeah. in whatever way you could, right? Can you talk about that? I, I knew, I knew my
1: position. I knew at that age, right? I was not a middle-aged man on podcast. I was a young guy who was trying to keep my foot involved, right? So yeah, there were days where Gina needed a coffee. Okay. Give me your keys. I'll go down and get it. Right? What was um, what
0: was Lloyd Carr's Starbucks order? Do you remember? Black. Straight all black, tall black okay. coffee. Okay. And I drive down <laughs> well, that's to the easy.
1: And get black coffee. Uh, right. And that was before I was drinking coffee. So I just drank. So I didn't even get myself a coffee. I just went in and <laughs> all black coffee. All right, here you go. And, and be, be on my way. Um, I had the opportunity. I was, I was driver to meetings to here and there. Um, so he could collect his thoughts as he was going to speak. I was, I had to one day I drove from Ann Arbor to Chicago to pick up coach from a recruiting visit and then drove him back up and around and up to Muskegon mm-hmm. um, for a, for a recruiting visit. Naturally, I wasn't in the door. My job was just to transport coach to and from, but that's, you know, before the private job. jets were a thing, right yeah. before private jets were a thing um, there was private gene driving service. Uh, so and I, I knew my role and I was happy with it. It had, I added a one-on-one with the head coach of the university of Michigan for a few hours where we could talk about stuff. We could talk about, uh, not never really ball. We never really talked ball. We just talked about life. And those are, you know, personal memories that I will cherish for the rest of my life.
0: That's awesome. And, and as time went on, you know, you were then picking up recruits from the airport, um, <laughs> You know, making sure they got in the hotels. You were in charge of that. You staffed the summer camps, which is awesome. Really cool stuff you got to do. And obviously, we've talked about your trips to the Rose Bowl uh, multiple times on this podcast. So go back and listen to past episodes if you want to hear about all of that—from uh, you know Disney to Michael Jackson uh, uh, hotels <laughs> to uh, to all of the above. So so listen, things were going fairly well. The team had success. Uh, But two things were happening as time went on. Coach Carr was getting into the twilight of his career, as coaches Mm do. But the team also started to struggle a little bit with something it seemingly hadn't struggled with in our lifetime, and that was beating its rival. The Ohio State rivalry started to turn at that time, and sadly for U of M, it hasn't turned back around uh, all these years later. So I have to believe, you know, the whispers were likely there, that a change was going to be made at some point. What do you remember about that time, Gene? Lloyd stepping down, was that a surprise to you? It was a, it was a huge shock to me. Um, it was a huge shock to me personally, as a
1: fan. You were blindsided? Uh, I was blindsided. I, I, I was. I was blindsided. I still think about, you know, should I have seen, was the writing on the wall? Was it all there? Um, maybe it was, maybe I was naive to it because all that I, all that I knew, all that we knew, David, in our lives leading up to that point was three coaches really in the history of Michigan football, right? It was a family. It was a family atmosphere from Bo to Mo to Lloyd. That's all it was, right? And everything was internal. There wasn't a whole bunch of external candidates, even, even assistant coaches, there wasn't a huge turnover year to year or every two years. Right. And for the four years that I was there, that's what I could, that's what I really believed. Uh, but there were no, no rumors, I'm no sure whispers. And I'm, I'm really sure there was and, and maybe, maybe out uh, there, but you were inside. Yeah, I yeah, was inside okay. and I was inside, you know, Fort Schembeckler, as I say, and I should have, I, I really should have picked up on it. Maybe and, you know, thinking more and more about it as I have over the years. Um, definitely. I would say Saturday night after the loss. I think it hit a few of us that you kind of looked and went, I don't know, man. Uh, what what was year was
0: that? that? Was that the '06 game?
1: 2007.
0: Oh seven. Okay. Yeah,
1: seven. I think it was. It was kind of like maybe, 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 okay. maybe it is now. Okay. Um, maybe it's gonna happen. I thought maybe there was another year. Uh, I would say that Saturday night. I thought maybe it was another year. The next morning at the staff room is is when I'm almost almost positive. It was the next day. It was the Sunday morning meeting. Um, and it was, it hit me. I wasn't ready for it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was not prepared. And in my daily notes, I wrote daily notes, all, you know, who said what? And just because that's where I needed to remember things. Um, and I think on that day, all I wrote was coach car retires. Do you, you remember what he said? It was short. It was, it was somber. He went around and shook everybody's hand. I had tears. I like think a few others did because it was, I think
0: at that point, we realized it was the end of an era. Where did your thoughts take you in that moment when you walked out of that room, got in your car, whatever? Where did your thoughts go immediately?
1: Uh, Immediately, I kind of thought, I don't know where my next, I don't know where I'm going to go. My, again, naive, very, very naive, still at that age of, I just got married. We had just bought a house uh, that summer, um, and I kind of thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea if I will be retained one. And if I'm not, what do I have a skill set (laughs) for? Like I I
0: don't really know. We'll get to that in a little bit. (laughs) right? I don't
1: really know what I'm what I'm good at at this point in my life. So it was sadness more than anything. Maybe the next day, the next week, it was kind of like, now where do I go? And, well, and, did you still come into the office? What, oh, yeah. What, so yeah, you still, okay. I mean, still recruited, still you still did the yeah. job. We still do the job. And yes. that's in college athletics. You do the job until you don't have the job anymore. And that's so, if, if it's coaching, if it's recruiting, yeah. if it's secretarial, you do That's this just job being a professional. Training. Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: So how many days, hours, weeks, whatever, after that, did you start, did things start to crystallize like, okay, they're going to conduct a national search here? how long might this well, I think take?
1: It was, I think it was the next day or the next week. I think it was like immediately they said, "All right, we're, we're we we got to search." Okay. Um so it was you know by Monday we knew that there was a you know there was going to be a new coach for sure and then where does it go from here?
0: So walk us through if you could what transpired next and when a candidate emerged and what you what you knew at that point.
1: Man that's walking down memory lane. I don't remember when or how many candidates emerged. Right. Uh, thinking back as, you know, Les Miles, his name was out there. Yeah, this uh, is when
0: the rumor started. Right.
1: Right. The rumor started that it was at Les Miles and then it wasn't Les Miles. And then it was um, Greg Shiano for a minute. Mm-hmm. I believe his name was out there. Um, and I, I cannot remember when
0: the rich Rodriguez rumors started to really turn. Um, and, and by the way, we have reason to believe Les Miles was pretty darn close to being the next head coach.
1: Potentially, right. Yeah, that's I mean, another episode
0: of a podcast, right. but, but we'll just leave it at that. Kind of rumors, that, right? And we can talk about sliding doors, you know, and what that might have meant for you or what, you know, or whatever. But, but anyway, it didn't go that way. It went another way. And this right. candidate from West Virginia emerged as the front runner and meetings took place on turnpikes, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and I think so. Yeah. Agents
1: in Toledo area, yes, and, you know, right. maybe down around you on that, you know, 90, 80, 90 turnpike area. Right, and then, right. you know, yeah. And then, and then he was announced. Okay. Um, so, so he, he was announced. Right. He came to a couple of practices as we were still preparing. You're still the on the job. Still on the job. Kids are still on the job. In that time span, being in the, you know, inside the building it was weird.
0: Did you feel pressure like, to like impress the new guy or is yeah, I mean, it just strange? It was just awkward.
1: It was just awkward. It was yeah. just strange. It was, okay. it was, I, I will truly say this, that Michigan football was a family, right? More so. Yes, it was the job. It was a job. It was a job. It was a job. But back then it was everyone knew everyone uh, and you've known everyone for years, right? It wasn't necessarily the turnover, that you see now. And I, 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 will say this after that experience, I ne- I have never called for anyone's job just because I know the difficulties mm-hmm. that it comes with. When you don't, you, you, when a head coach is gone, it's the head coach, it's his family. It's the assistant coaches. It's their families. It could be the secretaries, the strength coach.
0: Yeah.
1: It just goes on and on and and you're displaced and yes, they make a lot of money. There's no doubt. They make a lot of money and they have to succeed
0: but they make a lot of money because there's no stability from year to year. So uh, the new coach arrives. Yep. It's purgatory for you and the staff.
1: We don't know yet.
0: You don't know yet. How many days in did you, what did you get a call and say, coach Rodriguez wants to meet with you? How did that, what happened next? And, I guess, what do we call this? Black, Black Monday, right? Um, uh, it was whatever day it Thursday.
1: was. It was a Thursday. Black um,
0: Thursday. Number 20th talk us, of
1: 2007.
0: All right. Walk us through the lead up and then what transpired or what happened on that. We day. had a
1: practice. Um, we had a, we had an afternoon practice preparing for the bowl game um, preparing for Florida. So we had our practice in Chrysler or in uh, Usurban and afterwards it was during the, maybe at the latter half of practice or just after practice, it was known, Hey, coach Rodriguez wants to meet with the staff in the cafeteria, um, in, in our, in our commons, as we call them. And he sat at one area or one table uh, The it was almost like the cool kids or like, you know, the, the high school dances, the boys sit on one side and the girls sit on the other. It was coach Rodriguez at one table, everybody else along, you know, along the windows on the other side.
0: And, just waited for your turn and in an open forum like you saw everybody sit down with him you saw everyone it wasn't even behind closed doors no because he didn't have an office
1: he didn't have an office at the time right so he kind of sat there and it was just one by one um what was so
0: you weren't first to go so what did you see what
1: when you're walking seeing people walk up sit down i just sat there and waited and the next guy
0: how long did it take each person about the same amount
1: uh, yeah two and a half minutes maybe at most okay and just kind of saw it and said I, my name was called i walked over he sat there didn't really look at me um he said gene i appreciate everything you've I, if, paraphrasing at this point but uh gene i appreciate everything you've done I, i'm bringing somebody over uh, your services aren't needed uh in the future good luck thank you never really looked and uh I don't know, man. This is this is a. It's difficult for me to say this honestly. After, damn, Dave, what, fifteen years, maybe, right, seven to twenty-one, something like that. Uh, It's still not easy to to think about uh, because my time with Michigan football ended, and uh, I wasn't ready for it to end. I I wasn't. I thought that there was so much more that I could do. That there was so much more that we could do as a team. But you know, the powers that be spoke and. That's what college, that's what college athletics is. That's what athletics is for everyone that ever wanted to be a part of it. Right. That all of us that, that watch on Saturdays and the 110,000 in Michigan stadium and the hundred and some thousand at Ohio state and the hundred and some in Tennessee and the countless thousands that watch across the country and the millions that watch on television. That's what athletics is, is you get a small window to be a part of something awesome. And then you move on to the next thing. And it's not the easiest thing to do when it's what you, especially if it's what you love, where you love it. That was hard. I took that hard. I, we had a team, a, a coach's dinner that night and it took me a while to show up. That one hurt. I, I, I went home and kind of gave my wife a big hug and I just, I needed a shower. I just was like, I'd feel dirty was that meeting planned or was it called because yeah, of what? no, it was it was a planned dinner. Planned it was planned dinner. to have that night and it just so happened that we all got we all got shit canned that day. And it was a it was a good night. We had a great time. Uh, it was kind of like the farewell dinner, the final dinner. But uh, it that wasn't the final dinner, but it felt like that and it was it was hard for me to show up because I felt like I failed. And there was nothing I could do. I just felt like I failed.
0: Do you remember did you say did you respond to Coach Rodriguez when I he know. gave you? I,
1: I think it was just I was so glossed over at that point.
0: And yeah, I did I didn't respond. Did he as have as a firm thing. handshake? Do you remember? I I I remember he didn't look at me. you have small he hands or big <laughs> <Did> <laughs> again. He, I, 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 I think, think what, the, what I'm saying is this was all I think a blur. he's a good guy. I, I think really he was a
1: good dude. And it was a blur. Yeah. It was as soon as we saw it happen, I think it's just like all the all the emotion was gone from it, and it was just like Okay, it's gonna happen. Like it, it, there's no hiding it. It's gonna happen. Um, it was, it was sending cows to slaughter, pigs to slaughter, whatever. It was just like you know, it was inevitable. And whenever your name was called, you knew it was up. So, I mean, it was, it, it, it was what it was. And I, it, in that moment, I didn't realize what college athletics was and big, big sports or big athletics was until that moment. So you're saying, been, wait,
0: you're you're saying, you 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 worked three Rose Bowls. Three, two, roles, bowls? Is two that the Rose game? Bowls, two Rose Bowls as a coaching staff, and one with you, right? Yeah, right. So, three and, and other big time bowl games. Yep. The the game, the Ohio State game, you've yep. been on the sidelines in the locker rooms. You're saying the one incident you'd point to that says that's college athletics, big time college athletics, is that one you were fired? I believe so. That's, that's wow. what I still believe. And I still like, I,
1: at, from that point, and I, I heard the saying since, and it makes sense big time college sports, professional sports. It's not a reality. It's, it's a dreamland. Um, There's it's, that's not what real life is. You know, everywhere else, I think you have a job and, you know, for the most part in Midwest, right. You have a job, you work for that job for a while and then you retire in that that's entertainment. You have that short window at one institution. The, those guys that stay for a long time. uh, I, Mike Gundy's name came up today and I went, wow, Mike Gundy's I Was 40 was damn near like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, he's been there for a long time. Uh, Nick Saban at Alabama has been there for a while,
0: right? A long time. Kirk France, Yeah. Kirk France at Iowa. It goes back to the expectations of a program, too. There it is. You know, if you're having success year in and year out, they're not going to get rid of you. They're right. going to be there. Uh, if the expectation ask... is, Right, but The expectation Expec- is you, you win ask, eight games please. and make a bowl game and Iowa does that. You're not going anywhere. But the right. expectation at Michigan was you don't lose four games and you beat your rival. Yep. And, and the pressure was such that they had to make a change. You sound like you don't. No, no, no. no. Don't say make a change. Coach Carr retired. Well, right. make a change in the sense that they went outside of the family. Oh, and yeah. Went, and yeah, went yeah. in a much, you, you have to admit, a dramatically different direction with the program. Dramatically. Okay, that's what I meant.
1: Dramatically in the sense of both offense, defense, special teams, culture. uh, They definitely change things with that hire. Yeah. All right, lessons learned. It's a business. It's a win first. And, you know, if, if somebody else they think can do it better, they wipe out an entire family and say, let's go again.
0: Let's get the next guy in. All right, final question. Uh, it's that sliding doors moment, right? Yeah. So Lloyd Carr retires, Les Miles steps in, a Michigan man is the new head coach, or Ron English is promoted. For, for you know, for example, right? Where is Gene Skidmore in 2021? Oh, Man, I don't know. I, I if
1: Coach English was to step in, I don't know. I think I'd still be in. I would have been with him. Um, I know and probably in my role with trying to learn more, where would I be now? I have no idea. Uh, hopefully I'd still be married to, to my lovely bride, uh, where we would be at this point. You never know, right? Some of the guys that we worked with back then are, are bounced around to multiple different teams, to multiple different levels, to multiple different states. It's, it's hard to say. I truly, truly loved what I did. Uh, and I will, I will honestly say, I never had that moment of I'm better than
0: anybody. Big timing people is right. not, is not in your DNA. So
1: <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> never, wanted, I've never, right. I've never done that. But even like uh, you, know, when you show up to Michigan stadium to go to a game, uh, game day, or even for a practice, like it's a, it's, it was an honor to be in that building. Yes, it was my job. And I never was like, Oh, to the point where I didn't, you know, wasn't able to do the job, but man, you, you totally respected what you did. And for every day that I was able to step through um, the doors of Beckler Hall and my key card worked, right? I had a key to the building and like that, I never, ever took that for granted. So I don't know where I would be. Would I be in, you know, Buffalo or uh, Purdue or UCLA? I have no idea. But uh, for those four years, man, I I got to live it. I got to see behind the curtain. And though I did not get the coach on the field and I was on the field, I, you know, I saw it from the fringes and I think there's, you know, we joked, but you you
0: weren't oh, in the fringes. You were in the fray. I was in the fray. <laughs> well, between, uh, bowl games and rivalry games and watching film with Bo Schembechler in his office and taking recruiting trips with you and Lloyd Carr in the same car alone, uh, you had quite a run, pretty awesome. You got to experience things. Not everybody gets to experience. And that's what we wanted to shine a light on today and, and learn a little bit more. So thank you. Right, my but let's
1: let's turn this table for a quick second. I worked it right. I, I was able to see behind the curtain, but there's, there's another co-host of this podcast that lived it uh, lived it from the player's perspective. So let's, let's, let me ask you this as an, a student athlete back then, right. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you played at Toledo for a year um, and Division one, right? You played in the Glass Bowl. And to me, still one of the best venues in all of college football. If you haven't seen a game at the Glass Bowl, do yourself a favor and check it out at some point. It's a very, very cool atmosphere um, to see a game in in Toledo. What is the the takeaway that you had at that level? Uh, Was it, yes, you're the big guy on campus um, because you're wearing the gear and whatnot, but You went to work every day, you did double duty, you did the school, you did the class or you did the the practice field. What, what does it take looking back at, you know, for anybody who listens to this, right? We all had aspirations of playing big time football. What does it take to get there? And what is it? What does it mean when you are there?
0: No, that's cool. Thanks for asking, man. Yeah, it, it was, it was a point of pride for me. Absolutely. And listen, when I transferred to division three, I'm going to be honest, uh, division three is a step up from high school. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it is what it is. You go there to play because you love to play and you want to keep playing. And I had a great experience, but without question, being recruited as a preferred walk on, which I was, uh, I still went through the recruiting process with, with all the Mac schools and, uh, the university of Kentucky that that's where I was doing visits. Wow. And Toledo had just won the mid American conference. Yep. They had a, uh, a Heisman Trophy candidate at running back, Sean Tate was his name, stud. And they had a unique situation for me in that they had a sophomore who was on scholarship at kicker. And he, that spring, developed a, a heart condition. Mm. And apparently he had collapsed in workouts a few times and, and they weren't sure what was wrong with him. So it was very concerning. And they weren't sure if he's going to be able to play. This clear. was the spring of your senior. You yes. are a
1: senior graduating senior.
0: Yes. So so I was after senior. Yeah. So I was I was being recruited and then it it stepped up a little bit once signing day had
1: already taken place. Yeah.
0: This was this would have been like late spring. Yep. It, and I hadn't decided where I was going yet, but it started to step up more with Toledo because of that situation. They needed another kicker in, any, in there. They yep. needed somebody as yep. a backup as an emergency. So I saw it as my quickest route to get on the field Of course. and obviously what, what better program in the Mac at that point. So I went from day one. uh, It was a, it was a job. Mm -hmm. It was your life. It was wake up at 5.00 AM for workouts, then go to meetings, then go to team breakfast, then go to class. Then at lunchtime around, around that, go get a lift in or go to more meetings then go to class and then go to actual practice. Right. And then, you know, a lot of scholarship guys went to study tables at night. So you are around these people constantly and you're at the facility constantly. Like that's a second home for you as a division one athlete, certainly outside of your,
1: outside of class, you're there, you sleep at your, you sleep at the place you stay.
0: Yes. So just how, yeah. So just how intense, and immersive it all was was overwhelming at first. But you you just get to it becomes part of you. Um, and it was it was a special feeling to your point about walking around, yeah, you're a football player at Toledo, right? You got the gear, people notice and you're looked at differently. And and I felt that. I definitely felt that, which was cool. And in my situation, the the other kicker uh was cleared to play during during two days during camp, but he was, you know, kind of out of shape at that point. And, Mm -hmm. and I was in really good shape. Like I was, that's probably the best I've ever kicked was that year in that camp. And we competed and I thought I outperformed him. I thought I should have been named the starter, but my sense was to your point about being a business, they did not want to put two kickers on scholarship. There It is. They were going to exhaust everything to make sure that that kid had a, had a chance to, to win the job. And it took through the second game of the year before he finally started around in form a little bit more. And then they said, we're going to go with him. And then I became a red shirt, walk on freshman kicker. And there might be no deeper spot on the bench than that. And that's when it got really tough doing all that work for nothing, not seeing an end in sight. You know, he was only a year ahead of me, eligibility wise. And that's when I started to look for my options to transfer. But, um, but for those few weeks, uh, I, I, I rotated with the ones for a couple weeks in there. I was the starting kicker for Toledo during camp for a week or two. Uh, the opening game was against Indiana at the glass bowl ESPN night game. I'll never forget warming up on the field. And I, at that point, I didn't know if like, I might get in this game, right? Cause it was in doubt even up until kick, like that game. They, I remember they called us both in that morning and said, we're going to go with him. Stay ready. Right. And that was the instructions for me opening game against Indiana on ESPN under the lights. Um, So that's an experience I'll never forget. Just being on the sideline name on the back of the Jersey uh, stadium, full going crazy playing for the mid American conference, reigning champ. It was cool. Sliding door question.
1: Um, You get that conversation Saturday morning. We're going with him. Stay ready. He misses two field goals. And they come to Vitito and say, hey, we're calling on you.
0: Let's go. And you make one. Are we having this conversation today? I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever would have found my way to meet you. But I, I, it sounds like I would have stayed and, and played four years at Toledo or, or right. the bulk of my four years. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Right. Because again, from the business
1: side of things. They went with him because he had the scholarship already. Yes, and it's hard to take a scholarship when he already when school started. He would have had to have been a complete disaster, and that's the thing. Had he and that's the business of it, right? Or, or had heard, he not been cleared to play? Or had he not been cleared to play? Yeah. Right? Then he's a medical redshirt and or a medical scholarship to where you then his scholarship opens up and you have the opportunity to take it. That's the business. The business also states that if he had a struggle. Dave we need you, like he sits as a scholarship kicker yeah. you're playing as a walk on to where he now doesn't have a scholarship next year and you're a sophomore
0: yeah. with a scholarship for 3 years and, and what complicated things more was I didn't have a strong leg nor did he so gotcha. they had another kicker who just kicked off and he could just pound it you know to the end zone but he wasn't accurate. not accurate he was yep. just the kickoff guy at that time and so that complicated things even more so there's right. three and different now guys traveling now. Yeah. Right now, you're traveling. That's never going to happen. Yeah. Now, at, at home, I can see why they did that. Yeah. Had it been at Indiana at night? Yep. And the first two games were at home. So I I was on the travel team Sure. for the first two games. And then they had to make the move on the road. And, and that's when they just decided to go with him. So right. that's, that's how it went down. And yeah, I remember during camp when I felt like I was outperforming him and they were still not making the decision. My brother encouraged me to do it. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to do it. I set up a meeting with the head coach, Gary Pinkle, and uh, his assistant said, okay, you have a one o'clock with coach Pinkle. I walked right into his office. I looked him in the eye and I said, I think I deserve a chance to play. I've been, we've been charting every day. I'm outperforming my competition. Uh, I'd like you to give me a look or something. I'm paraphrasing myself. right? And he kind of hopped up from his desk and he clapped his hands and said, you're right. You know, keep competing out there. And the very next practice, that's when he, the one guy missed a, an easy chip shot. And I got in, I made mine. And he he looked at me, he goes, you're playing with the ones the rest of the week. And and the guy started clapping. The team started clapping because we were battling. Like no one was, you know, really taking it and running with it. Until that moment, I felt like I just won the starting kicking job. And then it swung back a little bit, and they, and they went with him. So at cool moments, you know, I was scared to death to go confront the head coach. You know, who am I? But I was proud of myself that I did it. Sports yeah. is a business, man. Well, let me, let me just say, Gary Pinkle went on to coach at Missouri for many, many years. Yep. I think he coached out at Washington before coming back to Toledo. Hmm. Tons of respect for that guy. Awesome coach. Great man. I'm honored to have been on his team for one year. And I'll just leave it at that. There you go.
1: Tell you vividly, I remember the interview with Lloyd. I was very nervous. I met with the secretary at the bottom of the Shembeckler Hall and said, I'm I'm here to meet with Coach Carr. They escorted me upstairs, down a hallway, past Mary Passing's office, down to his secretary, Jen. And I sat in the chairs and just kind of waited. You open it up, come here. And I walked in and shook his hand and sat down across the desk, asked him some questions, answered questions. Maybe I think maybe I asked him a question. Um, and before I I walked out, I, I did say, I was like, coach, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I cannot fail in this job. He kind of looked at me and I said, I'll never be able to fail you if you hire me because I won't be allowed back into my hometown. I said, my dad would not allow me back into my house if you gave me an opportunity and I failed you. So just know that I'm going to leave you with that is I'm going to do everything in my power to make you
0: proud of me and to make my dad proud of me and to make sure that we have a winning culture. And that was kind of my deal.